and welcome back to the Tricky Takes podcast. I am your host, Austin, here with my normal co-host, Connor. What's up? It's just Connor and I this week. Um, it's a this, party of two. It is. Uh, we miss you dearly, Billy. Uh, this is our first podcast recording with just the two of us, Connor. We've had episodes without Billy before, but we've always gotten someone to fill his slot. But we decided this week um, just to keep it a two-man show. Keep it simple. Yeah. Um, we do have a special guest joining to host the Tricky 50, though. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, don't skip ahead to the end, even though I know that's your favorite part. Yes, I'm talking to you specifically. You know who you are. <laughs> we have a really fun episode this week. This is our 2023 year-end review sports recap best moments. Um, we're kind of going to go in timeline order you know starting january 2nd is the first date we have here on here all the way through just uh a week or two ago there was stuff all throughout the year that that happened that we want to touch on some of it big some of it small um most of these are pretty big moments or moments that really stuck out um game or things that we probably talked about on the show some of them we definitely didn't but i want to say most of these you know 80 five to 90 percent of them we definitely talked about on on the pod and so uh just kind of touching back on looking at, at how this year went as a sports fan so um i thought about including like late december like literally the 31st of december had the uh like first round uh of the college football playoff last year where like tcu ups- had the upset and everything but um, i thought i'd like mention that but we're gonna start really january 2nd um, when Demar Hamlin had, you know, basically a heart attack, went into cardiac arrest on the field um, due to Moshio Cordis, I believe was yes um, the technical term. I'm not a doctor, so uh, I think I remember that correctly. I'm glad you confirmed there. That was a scary time for sports fans, specifically football fans. Um, I remember uh, I, I work. At, you know, in an office of no sports fans, like not even remotely sports affiliated people. And they were all talking a buzz about it in the office when I went in the next day. Um, was it kind of the same way with you, Connor? Like people who you like in your office who like weren't sports people talking about it? Do you kind of see that at all? Oh, I mean, we absolutely saw it because it was all over the news. I mean, what we essentially saw was he basically died on the field or was at least very close to it and was brought back. I mean, you just don't in our modern era of sports it's incredibly, incredibly uncommon. I think we've had like one death in a boxing ring in the last, you know, couple of decades, but uh, I think an NHL or a hockey player has passed away recently due to just a, a tragic incident, but you just don't see crazy injuries like you'll see a crazy injury where you might see like a bone poking through or something but this is something like everybody just kind of stops and pays attention for like and that's just not something that you see and i think the reactions of the other players is kind of what sold it like seeing them be that distraught really kind of just made you look at it in a whole different light because they've seen injury they've been around it many of them have been hurt before but they didn't react like that ever before yeah, and uh, we we said it at the time. I think we we touched on this when it happened, but you know, just major major props to Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills and the Bengals, for how they handle it and everything, and and the league in general. Um, it ended up not affecting the playoffs at all. There was like this some rule created, um, if a certain uh the schedule played out a certain way, how they would adjust it, but it ended up not affecting it at all. And, uh, you know, the, the NFL kind of went on as normal afterwards, even though the game was pretty much forever changed just due to, like, the knowing that that's a possibility. Because before, people didn't really even consider that no. a possibility. So, yeah, I mean, started out the year with – I don't want to say started out the year with a bang. That's, that's not a good <laughs> way to put it. Started out the year with a very serious – headline like day two um 
we're going to move on from that into so much lighter things. Almost the entire, definitely the entire rest of this list is not as heavy. No, much uh, happier. Yeah. Um, January 9th is the next date I have on this list. Georgia versus TCU in the national championship game. And um, at the time, it was just like, you know, seen as a routing by the better team, Georgia stomping TCU. But there ended up being some long-term ramifications as another date pops up here in the last month <laughs> of the year. that I think there's some ramifications of this game for on January 9th. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just going back and even looking at the box score, like you'll see with two minutes left in the first, or I'm sorry, two minutes and six seconds left in the first quarter, it's a seven to ten ball game. So you're like, okay, like this might actually be a not so terrible game. Like we're we're having, you know, a decent showing here. TCU's keeping it close. And then they didn't score again and let Georgia put up 65 on them before it was all said and done. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it's and you're absolutely right. I mean, TCU, they had the record, they had, you know, the the power five championship they you know no were, they didn't they oh, no, lost. they didn't yeah they, they had, did lose theirs yeah they lost theirs so i mean but they were seen as you know because they'd beaten some really good teams mm-hmm. and their only loss was to a really good team they got the nod to go in and because of that even though you know they were definitely seen as a, a long shot to do anything they were given the chance and then now this year you know we'll talk about it more later but it and we've talked about it already uh, recently, but it really messed up another team's chances to get in just because they were seen as a team that was had some obvious weaknesses. Yeah, we'll leave this kind of first half of the book here, and we'll we'll close. We'll literally the second to last thing I had <laughs> is the other half, and this is the second thing. So it's it's like a perfect sandwich almost here. Um, so we'll move on to the next date. Um, we were together for this, although I yes. don't remember where it was a wild time for us. <laughs> uh, Jaguars comeback versus the Chargers. We were in we were, at a, we were in Gatlinburg at Billy's bachelor party. Um, we had just spent the evening snowboarding and snow skiing. At least some of us did. Mm-hmm. Um and but we took different ways to get there and get home and everything. So I don't remember who all was technically sitting there. I know I was there watching it. Were you there too watching the game? So we were there by the fourth quarter, but we actually went in and ate. So we, we went back into town and ate because we knew we didn't have a whole lot of food back at the house. Yeah. So me and another group of guys are sitting in a mellow mushroom in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, watching the first half of this game. And we stopped paying attention. We're not following it at all. It Just because of the weather and, you know, how windy those roads are, I took it slow getting us back. And so we get in, and it's partway through the third quarter. And we look up, and we're like, oh, it's it's a little bit of a game now. Like, they're still behind, but you know, they're, they're trying to make it a game. And then by the time the end of it comes around, I mean, we're all by the TV at that point. I don't think anybody's asleep yet. Nobody's, you know, outside doing anything else. We're all finally back, and... I mean, it was just an electric finish to that game. I mean, the the way it ended with, you know, Joey Bosa having the the penalties on him and, and, you know, not having any real impact defensively. Other than that, I mean, it, it was everything that you want from a playoff football game. Yeah. And uh, it was probably the last game Brandon Staley should have coached. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> that – that was the moment where it's like, all right, you're a defensive head coach and you let them come back and score. What was it? 31 unanswered. Something around there. Yeah. It was remarkable. Cause it was like 27 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. It was the year before, right? <laughs> where they needed to tie to go into the playoffs and they went for yes. it on fourth. Yeah. It was the year before versus the Raiders. If yeah, they versus tied. Yeah. If but they tied, both teams advanced. Yep. If one of them lost, I can't remember who got in with a loss, 
but the winner and one other team would get in. The loser was out. Yeah. And the Raiders <laughs> had like made it clear that they were not going to go for the win. And the all Chargers, the char- all the Chargers ran. had to do was punt. I, yeah, if, they just if had they punt. punted the football. The Raiders would have most likely kneeled it out with like a minute and a half left in the game, and the Chargers would have moved on. Yeah, but you know, went for it on fourth down. Um, so that I mean, yeah. So that was like one domino, and then this domino falls in uh, you know the middle of January 2023, and it's just like, man, Staley, there's something up here. And then after you know the 2023 season concludes, it's it's he's gone. Um, he's already gone. The season's not over. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's move on to uh, the month of February. It's a great um, month. A short one, but a good one. It it kicked off in a big way. Um, you'd think the NFL playoffs would kind of lead us talking to the Super Bowl, but there was something that really notable in the world of sports that I'm sure we talked about, but probably didn't spend too much time on. LeBron becoming the all-time scoring leader, January set or sorry, February seventh, twenty twenty-three. I don't watch that much NBA basketball um, anymore. Like I, I'll watch a few playoff games and. And if it's the only sport on, I'll throw it kind of in the background. But I'm I'm much bigger. I'm a much bigger fan of college basketball these days. Um, but I I tuned into this one, um, and I, I love the ceremony with Kareem oh, yeah. there and and everything. It was it was handled really well. Um, and we we just kind of talked about LeBron a few episodes ago, so I don't think we'll linger on it too much here. But LeBron becoming the all time scoring leader was definitely. A, a top moment of 2023 sports. I mean, just to, to see a guy that, you know, there's always going to be a debate between him and MJ and whoever comes after, you know, LeBron that carries the league for a long time. But I mean, I, I hate to say it because, you know, I wasn't around to see MJ playing in his prime or really at all, but the, the timeline of LeBron's career for for 20 years i mean it's hard to not give him some sort of a nod whenever you know he's fighting against super teams most of the time and yes he was on one for a little bit but then he went back to cleveland and definitely not a super team up there that he had around him so i mean i'm very happy that he got the all-time scoring leader title i don't think that he'll lose that anytime soon if ever no, I mean it's it is an astounding level of both peak performance and longevity that hadn't really been seen in sports of any kind. You can mention maybe Tom Brady in football or I don't know, baseballs, you've got guys like Barry Bonds and Hank Aaron, Verland. Yeah, pitching's a whole different category but um it seems like every player seems to you know have a a peak and then on on either end of that is is kind of a valley and he just shot immediately up to the top and just kind of stayed there for his whole career um so it's it's gonna take someone doing exactly that or just playing until they're like 55 yeah which you know who knows with advancing medicine, even how long LeBron's going to play like dudes in such great shape. He didn't have to by any stretch of the means, but he could play five more years. And honestly, I think he will just because he loves the game that much. He might, he might, I wouldn't put it past him. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to the Super Bowl Now, just five days after LeBron becomes the all-time scoring leader on the seventh, on the 12th, we have the, Eagles versus Chiefs Super Bowl, a very highly anticipated one. And it was worth the watch. Like it was worth the hype. It was, in my opinion, the top five Super Bowl, top three Super Bowl I've watched, probably. Like it was fantastic television. Yeah. I mean, I would put this one up there with the uh the Manning Newton, what was that, Super Bowl 51? 
Yeah, I mean that. I don't know if I would. Put, I mean, I would put this one above that one because oh, the would Panthers, too, the like, Panthers didn't play that well in that game. But I think just watching Peyton. Yeah, you know, I mean, I did. Yeah, I think that's why. But uh, the comeback of the Patriots. Yes, the comeback of the Patriots is definitely my number one. We were together for that, maybe. I yes, think we, we were, were. We were. We were at the. We were all at St. Andrews in the the gym. Gym. Yeah, that was. That's. Pro, that definitely is my number one Super Bowl I, I've gotten to watch. And then I would think the other one I would put here would be the 49ers Chiefs. Yeah, that was an excellent game. Um, I mean, I think this one lines up pretty well with the 49ers Chiefs, though, in terms of like, you know, if I had to, if just if I wanted to go back and rewatch a Super Bowl, this would be one of the first three I'd put on. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, just having to come back for the Chiefs at the like, tail end of the fourth quarter as the game is winding down, just for everything to kind of just go just right for them. I mean, just incredible football. Uh, not who I'd wanted to win, but I do love a good game. Yeah. I mean, sloppy field conditions, everybody's slipping and sliding around. Yep. Um, Kadarius Tony's catching the football. That you know, last time we all we will we'll ever see that. Yeah. Um, How does he still have a job? I don't know. I saw the the video uh, of what Patrick Mahomes got his um, like offensive lineman. Like every year, he he as a lot of quarterbacks do, gives yes. his offensive lineman like really nice gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the joke going around was like his. Um, receivers got a pair of socks <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I, I mean i wouldn't be surprised if he just gave them nothing yeah uh, he, he gave them their life he did he hasn't murdered them yet or got them cut yeah and i think that you can make a case that each one of them this year deserves it but none more than Kadarius tony uh, yeah absolutely um okay my favorite time of the year this year had to have been the world baseball classic we talked about it ad nauseum on the show because we were all enamored by it the three of us and it was fantastic for the sport it was so much fun to watch uh there were people who weren't really fans of baseball tuning into non-mlb games like not even it wasn't the, the world series it wasn't playoff baseball it was the world baseball classic in march um it was absolutely amazing for the game. I am like hooked on the World Baseball Classic. I'm this was even a step up from what we saw in 2017 and the one previous. And so I expect the next World Baseball Classic to be really special in terms of like everybody's going to want to participate for their home country and the television networks and everything are going to really go all out and and make it special. I think we're going to see uh, the best baseball ever played next world baseball classic. I had more fun watching the world baseball classics than I did any MLB this season. Yeah. Like I, I, I love watching MLB. I watch a ton of games that, you know, I have the game pass with MLB network and everything, but truly this was just more exciting. It is different. It doesn't happen all the time. I think it's what every six years. Um, it, was every four but covid COVID stopped it in 21 so that was why the gap was there okay but i mean it's it's just amazing because you get to see all these people all the pride that they're playing with i mean it it, you can tell it means more to the players it it just does and i mean seeing all the international guys coming out you know guys that we don't really think about much like i mean japan won it this year and really that final showdown of the baseball classic was Shohei on the mound and Mike Trout up to bat. I mean, that's exactly what everybody wanted to come down to. Like that was the moment everybody wanted in all sports. When they make the movie about this moment, people are going to be like, Oh, I can't believe they actually put like, it would be one where it's like, no, that didn't happen. Like that's obviously like, made up for the movie but it's not yeah. like that's that's legitimately what happened the greatest the greatest player currently in baseball versus the best player in the past 
10, maybe 20 years who are teammates in the MLB facing head to head in the championship of the world baseball classic with the game on the line, bottom of the ninth, two the final out. Like yeah. it's, it is exactly how you would write it up if you were making like a cheesy sports movie. Exactly. Um, I mean, and, and I think it worked out great that kind of the, the new kid on the block is the one that won it. Like he, it truly kind of, I think showed like, all right, he might be really the greatest at the time. I think yeah. he's the greatest right now. In all yeah. of baseball. Yeah. And there were there were some other players um who oh, yeah. kind of stepped up and really showed themselves to the world. And I, I think Trey Turner had already kind of um been known by the, the baseball world and even the more mm-hmm. casual fan. But you know, he went absolutely berserk for uh the US team. And then the one that oh most that more people wouldn't have known simply because he plays on the Tampa Bay Rays, who are a, a very small market team, is Randy Rosarena, who mm-hmm. was really one of the the biggest stars of the World Baseball Classic because of his a amazing play and then b bright shining personality. Yes, like, and I think that's why the World Baseball Classic was so important because. If you're a very casual fan, you're probably going to know a little bit about Randy. Like, you'll know who Trey Turner is, but like, nobody had any idea who Randy or Rosarina was unless you watch a lot of baseball and really follow it. Like, sure, we all did, but we pay attention. We follow it. You know, it's like people with hockey, like, we're not going to know except for the biggest stars in the league. But mm-hmm. for this, everyone got to see, like, okay, it's not just like these five six seven eight guys that they're talking about all the time on the talk shows with baseball it's like they've got all these amazing athletes that can really carry the sport i mean like he both those guys trey and randy were having mvp for the world baseball classic performances and could have easily been named it had their team won yeah absolutely um Let's move on. Uh, we're we've got a lot more baseball to talk about because <laughs> baseball's the longest and it had a big year yeah. this year. Um, so let's move on actually to something that happened in the world of tennis. Novak Djokovic yes. sets the world record for most weeks, ranked number one in the world, three hundred and seventy-eight weeks. Yeah, you know what he's at now. What's it now? Four hundred and four. Yep. Uh, he also is tied for most grand slams at 24. Yeah. He's the, he's the goat. He's the the goat. goat. Uh, I was, I was a tennis player back in the day for a few years, you know, middle school age. Um, and I was a really big Roger Federer fan. Couldn't stand Rafael Nadal. I was Roger Federer, my goat. Um, but you know, at this point, Novak Djokovic is is surpassed Cheers. Nadal or Federer. Um, yeah, the goat. Not a tennis podcast, though. So we'll move on swiftly. Back to the basketball world. The Nuggets win the NBA championship. Uh, their first NBA championship since the seventies, I believe. Um, Nikola Jokic, which kind of is no, is just it was their first title. It was their first ever. It was their first ever. Wow. Um, so, yeah, first ever title for the uh, Denver Nuggets. A little surprising. They have uh, some some pretty good players all time, but um, Nikola Jokic is going to go down as the, the greatest Nugget to ever play. and Easily. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just, he's... Just he's, a funny guy, too. Yeah, goofy looking. Um he just wants to spend time with his horses. That man loves yeah. his horses. Like basketball is just a job to him. Yeah. It's fun um, seeing in the NBA and in MLB all the international superstars that we have. It's unfortunate yes. that the NFL hasn't quite caught on globally. And it's two different markets in the NBA and in the uh, MLB. Like the MLB has the Latin American players and it has the Japanese players. Mm-hmm. 
like we just the two we just talked about or the three names we just said in our world baseball classic or i guess four trout and turner americans otani japanese and a rosarena a cuban playing for team mexico yep um yeah so it's it's you get your american you get your latin american and you get your japanese or your asian players because korea also has um some pretty good players um and then when you go to the NBA world, it's all American and then Eastern European has kind of really broken out. And then you've got your kind of miscellaneous other spots. Like you've got um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is Greek. And every once in a while, you see like an Australian player. Uh, but Frenchman. Yeah, some Frenchman like Rudy Gobert. Um, but they're, they're global sports. And uh, someday... I would love to see the NFL really expand. I don't know where the NFL players would come from though. Like if you had to take a guess on like what imported players would to, to the NFL would be from, where do you think we'd see? Cause I don't think we're seeing Latin American players. I think you're, we're kind of stuck between Australian and European would be my guess. I could honestly see like a lot of African players like being a good export mm. because I mean, they, they've just got, you know, the, the body type, you know, they've got the build that, you know, lanky, tall, super athletic. Uh, I mean, a lot of those cultures, you know, distant, I mean, you look at the Kenyans and like the marathons and everything, they can run forever and seem like they barely break a sweat. So I mean, I, I could see them being like good, like DBs, wide receiver type role players. I, I could see that being... We have Safeties. seen a few African-born players play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The one that immediately comes to my mind is Tamba Ali, Tamba Ali, Chiefs okay. player. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I think I think we're likely it is to see from the the continent of Africa, uh, where we see a, a large majority of of football players import from. Which that'd be sick. I would love to see that. I would too. I mean, I, I, just, I would love to see the sport get bigger. I mean, I understand that kind of soccer is the priority for every other country, just about. Uh, I think basketball and baseball are both growing, but I just, I don't think the American football will ever popularize worldwide the, the way it has in America. I just, I don't think it, it translates as well. I guess let's move on then to... Uh, the baseball world again. Uh, the NBA championship. I don't think we even mentioned the date for that one. That was June 14th. Uh, we're going to skip ahead two weeks, June 28th. Domingo Herman, perfect game. First perfect game in over a decade. Um, made history. I mean, they're perfect games, one of the most rare accomplishments in all of baseball. And he should be celebrated for it. What's unfortunate is a lot of people um, aren't celebrating uh, it due the to person. the person, right? Um, he has some uh, domestic Personal issues. Yeah, some domestic history and things like that that kind of undercut this accomplishment. But um, he did pitch a perfect game and... Yeah, I mean it was it was special. It it's crazy. It, the I mean to, um, to put it in perspective, Austin, I, I do have the stats pulled up here. So in 154 years of Major League Baseball and almost 240,000 games played, there are only 24 perfect games. That's it. 24. In 154 years. I mean, that is the the thing with baseball for people that don't, you know, pay attention and watch it. You can be a Hall of Fame batter and fail almost 70% of the time. More than, I mean, you have, you have guys who yeah, are career, you know, 40. Two, 260 hitters in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're failing 74% of the time at that point. Yeah. And you're, a good ball player like that that is 
the difficulty spike of that game. But to face 27 batters and not a single one of them getting on base at all is absurd. I mean, most pitchers are lucky if they make it through an inning, three up, three down. That's that's already difficult enough, but to do that nine times in a row is absurd. To show how amazing the sport of baseball is, you just gave the number about how many there have been total. Randy Johnson threw one in 2004. Then there was a several-year break in two th- until 2009 when Mark Burley threw one. Then Dallas Braden threw one in 2010. Is that the Mother's Day? Yes. Okay. And then Roy Halladay threw one also in 2010. And then no one threw it in 2011. And then Philip Humber, Matt Cain, and Felix Hernandez all threw perfect games in 2012. And then there hasn't, there hadn't been one since until 2023. There was a stretch, I believe that was six. Felix, Matt Cain, Philip Humber, that's three. Halliday, Braden is five plus Burley makes it six so six between 2009 and 2012 and then an 11 year stretch without one so that just shows you how fickle the game of of baseball is not only that there was a stretch where we went 23 years without one and then there was one and then we went another 33 years before the next one after that so yeah this would have been like in the 30s and then the 50s and then right like like this was like one took place in the 30s, and then I think the or other the one 20s. Took, yeah, the right? Yeah. 20s or like early 20 or late 20s, early 30s, and then the the Don Larson won in the World Series in the mid 50s, and then we didn't see another one again until the 80s. No, there was uh I know I know Sandy Koufax threw one in the 60s. Let's see. I'm getting the list pulled up here. Oh, there were two in the sixties. Okay, so the so it would have been had to have been like the nineteen tens and then the twenties and then the so 50s. from from nineteen oh eight to nineteen twenty two, and then not again from nineteen twenty two all the way until nineteen fifty six. And then from sixty eight to eighty one, and we've. We have seen them a lot more frequently, so I think it was like in the last 44 years, 15 of the 24 perfect games have taken place. Mm-hmm. And then in the 100 and some years of Major League Baseball before that, there were only nine. It's just an incredibly rare feat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it goes to show you Domingo Herman. I want to look at his stats for the season and like, I want to actually, I want to check his, will you look up his regular stats? I want to check his baseball savant. Yes. Cause I feel like I remember him having like one of the worst games of his career. His the start week before. before yeah. So Baseball Savant is one of my favorite websites for those of you who don't know. Uh, it is a site that kind of does percentile rankings of of um, stats. And this isn't your normal stats like batting average and home runs. This is advanced metrics like chase rate for a pitcher, like how often they get people to swing and miss or um, – expected batting average things like that uh, based on you know hard hit rate things like that so if you look at domingo herman's stack or yeah baseball savant page if you look at if you look at domingo herman's baseball savant page you will see his expected era is 4.3 and his expected batting average against is 2.38 2.38 and those numbers just put him as like a dead middle of the road pitcher in baseball he gets barreled up on a higher rate than most he's only 20th percentile in that but he does kind of excel at, at chase and whiff 
which means he gets a lot of players to swing at pitches out of the zone and swing and miss. And he strikes out batters better than about two thirds of pitchers, but like nothing exceptional. So you're looking at what I would consider by every metric kind of combining into one, averaging them out. You're looking at a league average pitcher. You're not looking at, you know, Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, the Cy Young, you know, top front, top front runners. You're looking at a, just like a random guy. Yeah. But so I, I did go back and look through to find the game log. So his two games before the perfect game, he had thrown two innings and let up seven earned runs and had thrown 3.1 innings and let up eight earned runs throws a perfect game, and then comes back out and in 4.1 innings gives up two more earned runs just very quickly. So, I mean, he he struggled a lot during that stretch, but just, you know, put it together. I mean, it was against Oakland, but I don't care who it's against. Like, it's still an impressive feat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he struggled a little. I mean, his – Season stats are very consistent with, you know, what they always were, 4.5 ERA, 1.08 whip, uh, only 108 innings, uh, 114 strikeouts, to 34 walks. So, I mean, right there in his career averages, you know, nothing outside the norm except for that one game. Yep, anybody can do it. I mean, just look at – like the Dallas Braden one sticks out in my mind as like a guy who's like not not a special pitcher by any stretch of the means goes out and throws. Sometimes you've got the stuff going. Yep. And it's... that I mean that one was a really cool one. I remember it was a, a Mother's Day, just a, a noon game. My family had just gotten home from church and we turn on the TV and my dad and I come in and like the sixth inning and we start, you know, really watching it. Everyone's wearing pink. His mom's there celebrating. It's just one of those special moments in sports that always sticks with you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, we're going to move on to the month of July, where really the only major thing to happen here was Dan Snyder sold the Commanders. And this is fantastic for the sport of football, fantastic for sports in general, just getting a, a, a real POS human being a bad owner and um, getting him out of sports completely or out of the NFL. Um, Commanders are going to be in much better hands for years to come. So really just a a big positive in the sports world. Yeah. I was very, very happy. Like zero stake in what the commanders do as a franchise, but that just for the sport and, you know, for those fans, to finally be rid of him. I mean, maybe they'll finally get some stadium upgrades. I mean, just so much can go right now, you know, with how they've been playing and with zero expectations for him this season, it's not going too terribly. But I think this, this season was going to be a win for them regardless, just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We're going to move on. We're actually going to skip the month of September entirely. I, I don't really didn't put anything, find anything of note that happened. Um, I mean August. August. Sorry, we're gonna skip to September. We're gonna skip over August. Um, and in September we had an just an absolutely hellacious run of events. This is the most back to back to back. Like this is just craziness. We're gonna start on the 11th of September. Aaron Rodgers makes his debut for the Jets <laughs> and tears his Achilles on the second play. Yeah, this is would foreshadow the Jets season uh, very well. And Aaron Rodgers been making headlines recently about he they was designated to return or something like that, ready to come mm-hmm. off IR. But since they're eliminated from the playoffs, he's now not gonna play the rest of the season. Yeah, Wednesday uh, was the deadline to activate him. Yeah, so he's no longer um, planning on making his return like he said he would, which would have been. A ridiculously fat, yeah, medically nearly impossible um, to make the comeback that he was prepared to make, I guess, if the Jets had been in a better spot this season. But 
I don't really want to linger on this one too much. Just a guy towards Achilles, but it it was unfortunate because um, the Jets teams. The Jets pretty, are going to Jet. Yeah. And their defense is so good. I, I imagine they have, a good, they have a really good season with Aaron Rodgers playing good football at their quarterback position. Um, Less than a week, or I guess right about at a week from that, was Adam Wainwright gets his 200th win. It was a struggle. <laughs> we it documented was. his efforts. He he went so long at 199 wins, and nobody wanted to see him retire without getting that 200th win, and he got the monkey off his back finally in, in the middle of September. So congratulations, Adam Wainwright. He's enjoying retirement. He's releasing a song and an album next year. I saw that. Um, so it, I guess enjoying his retirement by, uh, becoming a country music singer. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's country. So, um, September 24th, this one's also kind of another, it's like, it's a run in September, but it's really nothing too major. Uh, the dolphins score 70 points, um, beat the Broncos by 50, 70 to 20 final score the first team to score 70 points in a game since the sixties, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, that was just a crazy game. I thought we were going to see it again last week or the week before, but the Raiders end up falling a little bit shy, but yeah, 70 points in a win is ridiculous. So that was a really cool moment period. Yeah. You know, 70 points in a loss would actually probably be crazier. Even more impressive. (laughs) We Um, almost saw that five six years ago and that jared Goff, patrick Mahomes. that was game. a there was 50 points in the loss of that game that was absurd yeah. um september 27th ronald acuna steals a 70th bag puts him in the 40 70 club alone which is where he kind of finished the season with you know 41 home runs 73 stolen bases uh it was a historic achievement for him um something who knows we could see it again next year we could never see it again ever. Who knows? With the way the, the game's trending, it could be a feat that you know every happens every so often, or it could just be one of those things it's just like, yep, that's never gonna happen again. I would love to see more players. I mean, the power speed combo is just so much fun to watch. It, it is. It's and, exciting. And there's like five or six players who I think have the potential to do this. Obviously, Ronald. Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, yep. Corbin Carroll. You know he doesn't have the pop quite yet, but I he's I think he, he's still I think so he young. Will. He, he's he's got the potential to maybe put up a forty home run season like a crazy year in a crazy year. Um, yeah, I mean there's just some crazy power speed combo guys out out there. Um, and you know more are going to be coming up like that. Absolutely. That is going to be the new wave. Yeah, it is. And then there's there's a a whole crop of guys who are going to be like. 30 30 guys like regularly now mm-hmm. like even uh technically all three of the braves outfielders i believe could be 30 30 now because mm-hmm. michael harris you know it's like a 20 home run guy he's like he's like a 20 30 guy and if he yeah. you know were to just get hot one year could go 30 30 and then the braves just acquired jared kilnick who's got the pop pretty quick young guy there could be a year where all three of those guys go like 30 30 like yeah yeah um it's yeah it's it's an awesome way the sport's moving and And i love that stolen bases are coming back like they did this year it's fun i love i love it and i i I just love seeing the throwdowns to second and and everything like that the action there fantastic did you see they're actually talking or they implemented some more baseball rules we'll talk about it another time well we'll do that later with billy here because i'm sure he'll have more thoughts yeah i saw where they were looking at it i didn't look into it too much though yeah uh november 1st we're gonna skip the month of october one of the best month in, months in sports but nothing super notable due to the rangers winning the world their world series november 1st it was their first World Series win. So congratulations to the Rangers. Um, November 11th. Connor, I'm going to let you handle this one. This is a cricket yeah. uh, thing. I I know cricket, but I, I don't pay too much attention. attention so to I, 
I've been trying to watch, and especially with the Cricket World Cup, because the you know, World Cups are just always more fun. It's it's more exciting. So I've been trying to follow it a little bit. But uh, one of the highlights, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'll sit through an entire game. I'll watch the highlights, and I'm still trying to figure out the scoring. But I was watching, it was a game between Australia and Afghanistan and the one-day international. So cricket games can either be long format or short format. And long format, they can take like multiple days. That you can have hundreds of runs. The scores can get crazy. I, I haven't even gotten into what all that can look like. But the one day, there's like a wicket goal, which is a, a wicket is a run. And so you've got so many outs as a batter, and then, you know, you switch. There's two batters at any given time. And then, you know, once your team or your group gets all their outs, they rotate off in your next group until everybody goes. So an Australian by the name of Glenn Maxwell got just the 11th time it's ever happened. And the first time it's happened in the what they call the chaser, which is the, the bottom of the inning. And, you know, it's just one inning. Uh, he hit 201 runs by himself which is just, it's a ridiculous amount. It basically wins the game almost automatically. I mean, it's seeing the physical toll it had taken on him because he had sat in the field fielding for four hours before this to then get up and start hitting just almost immediately. I mean, he was up there cramping the entire time. You could see him barely able to run back and forth between the wickets scoring runs but just to grit it out and have a performance like that if you can go find the highlights it really is worth a watch i would say i mean you don't have to understand cricket to see how impressive it all is though yeah i mean it it sounds incredible like you know not knowing anything about it it sounds insane. like austin I'll, I'll send you the the video i was watching on it just so you can see the breakdown please do please do um, okay, we're, we're nearing the very end. We've reached the month of December, which we're not even through. Um, but we've got two things that we wanted to touch on in December. And this is the next to last one, which if you paid attention, this is our, our closing the bookend from uh, the earlier one we touched on with Georgia being uh, stomping TCU. It's Florida State being omitted from the college football playoff. Um a lot of people think this is due to TCU being smoked last year and and it being bad TV and bad for ratings, so they they just wanted to uh, wanted to avoid that and um, left out FSU. If you want to hear my opinion on it, go listen to that episode. It was two or three weeks ago, and uh, I I talked about it ad nauseum. So yep, well you'll be able to just look at the title of the episodes. You'll be able to know which one it is. Yeah, uh, December ninth. Shohei Otani signs with the Dodgers for $700 million. Um, also one we've talked about super recently. Um, don't want to spend too much time on it here. No. But I mean, yeah, that's kind of our year. The the big moments that we found and watched and really you know took note of throughout the year. I mean, it's just looking back at it, just remembering where I was for some of these things or what I was doing or who I was with and you know, then other sports memories that come up because of it. Like, it just makes me love sports all the more. You know, I, I, you can just look back and be like, oh, yeah, the, I was doing this with this group of people and we watched this incredible moment happen together. That's just always such a – it just makes you happy. Even when they make you mad, they make you happy. <laughs> Yeah, it it was a fun year in sports. And uh yeah, I a lot of these things I'm like, damn, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing, like when that happened. And and that's the special moments really that stick out to you. Um and it was a fun trip down memory lane for the year 2023. I think um I'm really excited for what the next year has in store. Uh, the you know NFL playoffs are going to be happening in in twenty twenty four, and I think we've got a really interesting one this year with no teams really, in my opinion, um, too obviously like 
better than anyone else. So I, I think is a kind of a shoe in like last year, by this point, I think everybody knew the chiefs were, you know, the favorites to win. And then you had like the Eagles and the 49ers who were like, you know, going to be one of, it was going to be one of them too out of the NFC yep. this year. I think you've got several teams who could um, be in contention for the Super Bowl, And so looking forward to that, we'll, we'll talk more about that in upcoming weeks. Um, but I, I think I'm, I'm ready to move on to the, to the tricky 50 now. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready as well. I'll go ahead and recap last week uh, for you, Austin. So Austin was the host, and uh, he allowed Billy and I to, to make some bids. And, well, Billy really decided to just help him out and tank my chances at winning the Tricky 50 this year. Uh, he bid 26.5 on Dak, who only got 6.06, and another 15.5 on Derrick Henry, who got three. And then he did hit on Keaton Mitchell before he tore his ACL, uh, bid seven, and he hit 9.8. I took Calvin Ridley for nine and a half, and he only got 6.4. Uh, Jalen Hurts for 29, he got 21.9. And then Cooper Cup for 11 and a half, and he put up 21.1. So I got 11 and a half, Billy got seven, and Austin came away with 43.14. So uh, right now he is a commanding lead at 340.8. I'm in second comfortably at 292.58 and Billy's bringing up the rear at 231.4. All right. Uh, and we're joined by uh recurring guests to the pod, uh, Peyton Davila. Welcome back, Peyton. Thanks. I appreciate you having me back for this segment. Yep. This is a, a fun one. Uh, I got you doing the tricky 50 for us. You were kind enough to host in uh, Billy's absence you are taking Billy's spot, by the way. Um, the points that you know you will receive from the host are going to go to Billy. Um, so, um, you know, it'd be nice for you to get him some points. He is in dead last, so yeah, he needs um, it. Yeah, Billy better get me a Christmas gift if I get him back. <laughs> yeah, but Peyton gets a fifty burger in Billy's <laughs> stead, and then yeah, that'd be sick. Um, and technically, he could pop a hundred burger here. It is possible. Um, yet to be seen, but possible. That'll put him in the lead, I believe. Uh, uh, I think he'd still be like nine points behind. Okay, here. gotcha. If I do that, I'm definitely going to be texting Billy to like, <laughs> DoorDash me my next yeah. meal. Yeah, yeah. He owes you like a <laughs> medium Papa John's pizza or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, uh, you just sent us the list of players, and it's a fun one. Uh, per usual, we don't know their starting bids. Um, Connor, it will be your first choice to go. Uh, who do you want to to see bid? Uh, Peyton, actually, I'll, I mean, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing hosting here. It's your uh, your honors. Um, That's okay. It's your show after all. It's the first time doing <laughs> this, so I'm I'm just here for the ride. But Connor, uh, go ahead and select a player from this esteemed list of players that I've given you guys. I mean, you threw him out there. He was the first player on the list. You know I got to see my boy Joe Flacco. There's a reason why I picked the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns on this list. And I'm going to make the starting bid 11 and a half points. Oh, give me 13. Hey, he's dropped like 20 in, in all three games he's played. I'll go, I'll go 15. I'll go 18. Give me 18 and a half. Give me 19. He's yours. With that, we're going to go ahead and go to Freed. Who are you going to opt for? Uh, show me T. Higgins. Ooh, okay. We have T. Higgins taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers with Jamar Chase out. And I'm going to put the starting bid for T. Higgins, the wide receiver one for the Cincinnati Bengals this week at 10 points. Ooh, okay. Juicy matchup against Pitt as well. Uh, I'll go 10.4. 11. Roll 11.7. 12-3. Give me 12-9. I'll let you have him for that. Wow, all right. That is, uh, nah, I don't know. I guess that's how about how much I'd expect him to go for. But go ahead, Connor, and uh, pick the next player. Give me the king. Give me Derek Henry. Ooh, okay. Big disappointment in week one of the fantasy playoffs. And 
I'm going to go ahead and give you a steal at the starting bid. And I'm going to start you guys off at seven and a half points. I mean, I got to take Derrick Henry for seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, that seems really low. Uh, I'll go nine. I'll go nine five. This is about where I'm projecting him this week. I'll go nine seven. No, I think I am going to. I'll let you have him for that. Wow. What a world where we're fighting to see if Derrick Henry can even eclipse 10 points. Huh? <laughs> I mean, he got three last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. 16 carries. Right. Exactly. Freed, who are you going with next? Trey McBride. Okay. Trey McBride. Uh, breakout tight end, second year for the Cardinals, going up against the Chicago Bears defense in Chicago. And I'm going to start the bid at six points. Uh, give me him for six point nine. Let's go for eight. Damn. Uh, I'll go eight and a half. Eight eight. I'll let you have him. I would like to note that eight eight is his exact projection on sleeper. So congrats, Connor, getting it right on the nose. And Connor, who's your next player going to be? I'm a little interested in Cortland Sutton. Okay, touchdown machine this year for the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos are taking on the New England Patriots at home. And I'm going to give you Cortland Sutton starting at seven points. Oh, yeah, I'll take him to seven five. I'll go nine. I like ten. Ten point three. Ten point seven. Okay, is yours. All right, and Freed, who are you going to go with next? Um, See, this is when I would normally take a swing at like a big-name quarterback because like I've got Connor whittled down you know, to 11 points, but there's not really a big-name quarterback here. <laughs> no, there's You're not. very welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is the name of the game. Looking at the matchups that both of these quarterbacks are are kind of going into, I think I would rather give me Easton Stick. Wow, Easton Stick, uh, the double-digit underdog treasures are going to face the Buffalo Bills in SoFi this weekend. And I'm going to give you a starting quarterback in the NFL starting at nine points. I love that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take him for ten. And even at that, I think I'll just let you have them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, See, I, I, mean, I, I don't have that many points left, but like. <laughs> I don't want to blow it all on Easton Stick. My, yeah. Yeah, my thoughts of going Easton Stick here is just like double-digit underdogs. It's going to be a passing like situation. Like He's going to be throwing the ball, I think. It's just how many interceptions is he going to throw. Yeah, right. Because the Bills have a good defense. <laughs> Correct. So you got to hope that he can garbage time his way to double exactly. points in some fashion. Exactly. I just need him to throw two touchdowns. If he can throw two touchdowns, he gets there. No matter how, like if he throws two touchdowns and three picks, like with a yardage, he'll get there. Just throw two tutters. A lot easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, but I mean, even with the disaster class that the Chargers had on Thursday night last week, do you know how many points he scored? 10 probably 23 oh 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 yeah he did have a a bomb touchdown he had 253 or sorry 257 yards and three touchdowns with one interception i believe he had a fumble as well but still yeah yeah yeah. so So you could you could get some major points there for a steal so we'll see um but go ahead and give your next player connor give me Devontae. Devonte, this is probably right at the top of your. Uh, Connor has eleven and a half points. Point. <laughs> yeah. So nine five. And who are they playing? They are playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. I like Devonte for ten. I'm gonna make you make a decision. I'm gonna go eleven point four, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Uh, you know, I'll let you have him, Austin. Really? Wow. I'm right. shocked. And I was going to let you have if you uh, if you bid 11 and a half, I was going to let you have him. I know you were. <laughs> That's crazy. That's the name of the game, though. That's the way you guys do it. But go ahead and give your next player a freed. Um, Isaiah Likely. Let me. I'm a tight end freak, I guess. I don't know. Okay, Isaiah Likely going against the San Francisco defense in San Francisco, and I'm going to go ahead and start the bidding off at a very affordable five points. Okay, yeah. Um, double digit games last two weeks. Let me let me have him for five. I'll I'll take him for six. Uh, I'll go six and a half. You cannot. Oh, I, I, is that what I'm stuck at? You're at. You have six. So I mean, I'll, I'll go six. six one to make it fair. No, no, you, six is yours. Six is yours. Right. You, you took him for six. That's where I'm stuck at. So now we're at a battle. You have five and a half points, and <laughs> I have, have six. six. There's there's a couple players left on the board that you guys can still afford. So, uh, Connor. Yeah. Uh, let me see my dog QJ. <laughs> Actually had a a semi decent week last week. Uh, in that blowout game. Um, I'm gonna give you QJ starting at. Uh, we're gonna go real low here. Three and a half points. You know what? The points will go to Billy, so she can do me for five and a half. <laughs> Ooh, hold on. Do I want the stack? The QJ Easton stick stack. No, I'll let you have him. Well, I was gonna say, you know, QJ's my dog. Yeah. I'll let you have him. Okay, and so this just for the record, he he did have nine point three points last week. Yeah. Yeah. Best game of the season so far for him, I think. Top two. Top two for sure. <laughs> All right. And uh, I guess Freed, so where are we going from this point? I've only got six points left. I'm assuming there's one player left that I see. Uh so let me see Wandell Robinson. I'm gonna go ahead and give it to you at four and a half. Do I play safe and take the four and a half or do I just send it all on six? I think you know, Austin, for Billy, gotta, we got to give him the opportunity to go for a hundred bomb. I right? think we do. I'm going to go six points on Wondell Robinson. And I love to, just, just to give some additional information, they are going to Philadelphia next week. Yep, so. that's, that's a great matchup for him. Hey, I mean, you got to... <laughs> You gotta put it up there, Tommy DeVito, baby. <laughs> Tommy DeVito, Tommy, it's Tommy in my Cutlets. blood. You know, I'm one quarter. I'm one quarter Italian, so you know, I gotta gotta show love. Um, well, yeah, that that wraps it up. Let me let me throw Wandale in here. Um, we haven't honestly gone all 100 points that many times this season. We've oh. been playing a lot more conservative this year compared to last season where we were like throwing out all 100 every single week. Right. Um, but so, yeah, uh, this is a lot of players. Uh, we'll just go f- for the recap. I took T. Higgins, Derek Henry, Easton Stick, Devontae Adams, and Wondell Robinson. Connor took Joe Flacco, Trey McBride, Cortland Sutton, Isaiah Likely, and Quinton Johnston. So that's a lot of names off the board, a lot of points. Um, yeah, there were only a few players that you guys left on the board. Yeah, yeah, please uh, mention those. Yeah, I, I selected Nick Mullins to be available. You guys passed on him as one of the quarterback options. And then outside of that, there were two running backs that were left on the table in Najee Harris and Tony Pollard. So, uh, yeah. Do Brees Hall? Oh, sorry. Along with Brees Hall as well. <laughs> so three running backs off too. It was a not a heavy uh, running back this week for us. Uh, I tried to give you guys plenty yeah, of positions were, to choose from. <laughs> you did, you did, and there were some. Yeah. Those were a couple like big, big names we left off. I was saying the running back they position. Were. Um. Yeah, you did a good job. I tried to go. I tried to go for like some blow. I don't want to say blow ups from last week, but like 
especially those three running backs that I named off. Those were three really big disappointments from last week that I was hoping that you guys would pick to kind of give some kind of conviction on whether or not they would bounce back this week. Right. Um, Uh, Najee, I'm just all the way out on this year. Me too. too. Jalen Warren leads that backfield. Well, yeah, even though George Pickens doesn't block for him. That was was wild. That was – that was crazy. Mike Tollins doesn't seem like the guy, the co- kind of coach to let that slide by too easily either. So no, he I, I, I would love to hear what Tomlin had to say about that. I overheard a discussion uh, taking place. I know this is a tangent, but it was a point that was made. And, you know, with the history of those Steelers wide receivers uh, with Claypool and now, you know, the Deontay Johnson and uh, George Pickens saga, and even going back to Antonio Brown, um, they pointed out that like the Steelers can never have just like a normal person that plays wide receiver. <laughs> like even yeah, going Juju. back to like, yeah, Juju, even like going way back to like Plaxico, where like yeah. he ends up t- you know, taking a gun to a club and it's just a whole thing with Steelers wide receivers and something about then I don't know what Bryant. it is about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you could think of <laughs> names on and on. It's kind of a wild, wild uh, trend going and, on there in Pittsburgh. And and they've always had the most like run of the mill generic tight ends as well. Yes, <laughs> that too. Yeah, Vance McDonald. Yeah, that's I mean, Patty French fries. Yeah, Big Heath. Oh I, yeah, I loved Heath yeah. back in the day. Um. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Peyton, for joining us. Uh, Peyton of the, of the Two Peas show, Two Peas on a Pod, Peyton and Parker. Um, go ahead and kind of plug your plug yourself here. Yeah, sure. You can uh, listen to me and my brother talk NFL, talk uh, a little bit basketball once we get here into the spring. Um, after the playoffs, we uh, just did a college football bowl season preview. So if you're interested in uh, maybe hearing a little bit of our thoughts on the transfer portal, um, and the playoff games coming up, you can go over and listen to our show. Uh, you can be found at uh, at T-W-O-P-S-H-O-W on Instagram and Twitter. And you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Links are in the bio, in the social media. And thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Not a part of the Boxcore Network yet. Maybe someday. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe someday. We'll see. You guys uh, are doing good work over there, though. And there is a, uh, you know, I do want to just kind of give a teaser. Um, I know that I kind of discussed it with some of you um, at an earlier point in the season, but in the off season, I think we're going to do some kind of like two peas box score mashup. Um, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's like peak off season content, um, but that's all I'll really say for the time being. Our favorite kind of content. The real real slop situation here, but the good kind of slop, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. But it, it, it'll it be fun. So uh, you'll definitely see us link up in the future uh, more often, I'm sure. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out the Twitter and uh, go listen to uh, the 2P show and uh, some of our other box score podcasts. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Hello everybody, Brandon Tim here telling you all to listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a podcast giving you the insights to help you win your fantasy football leagues. Together, we will look at everything fantasy football, from the platforms we use to navigating weekly player projections. Listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a Box Score Network podcast. We'll see you at the next episode.